Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and I'm joined by my producer, Eric Johnson. Eric, how are you doing today? Jeremy, I am doing fantastic. I am so excited for today's topic. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. I, well, to me, when you when you say donor advised fund, you mm-hmm. I think charity, right? I think donations. Yeah. I think people doing good to help other people, and that excites me. I absolutely agree. And we talk about donor advised funds a lot, and that's our topic today is donor advised funds. Uh, I was reminded again that we should talk more detail. I don't believe we've had an episode dedicated to donor advised funds. And I was reading Kiplinger's latest retirement report, and they have an article about it, actually by someone I've um, talked to before, David Rodek, a great uh, journalist. And he's featured me once or twice in one of his articles. And I thought, I'm going to read this because I love donor advised funds. Great journalist and absolutely love the article. And I thought, this is a good kickoff point. Let's talk about donor advised funds in depth. Uh, A lot of people listening to this are going to be hearing this about a month or so before the end of the year. And so that's usually when people are thinking about giving extra money to charity and also thinking about how do I get some tax deductions Mm -hmm. and donor advised funds are the great, are a great way to marry those two together. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So this is a big subject. Where do we start today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and some of the things that were cited in the article is that Americans gave about $450 billion to charity in 2019, which I just think is amazing. That's That's just a great number. Love that uh, people are doing that. It also talks about how a lot of the tax deductions might have gone away for that charity in the last couple of years. In 2017, the tax laws changed so that 2018 and beyond, these things called standard deductions increased. They doubled. And that's a good thing for a lot of people. A lot of the clients we talk to, a lot of the people that are listening are people that have a higher income, that have a higher amount of charitable gifts in general. And those people probably were making use of things called itemized deductions. Mm -hmm. You added up your property taxes and your income taxes and your mortgage uh, interest and all your charitable deductions, and you got a number that you got to deduct from your income. And it was great. It worked out well. But then when they doubled these limits, a lot of the people we talked to were not hitting those new limits. And on the one sense, it's okay. You're still getting that big deduction. But on the other hand, a lot of the giving that people are doing are not helping them out tax-wise. That's where we want to come in and talk about these donor advised funds. So we're going to give a little bit of the numbers here. If you're driving, don't write these down, but they'll be on the website. Check out the, the website with all the resources. It's retirement-revealed.com that you can get all the, the resources. But we're talking about 2021, 2021 here, and the standard deduction now is $12,000. $550. If there's two of you, that gets you to 25100 Now, a lot of people don't realize this till they get there, is once you hit 65 and beyond, they give you a little bit extra. It's 1350 per person. Mm. So if there's two of you, now you're up to $27,800. So let's just round it up and say, you basically needed 28000 of itemized deductions before you got any break at all because otherwise you're just in the standard deduction rules. If you add up all your stuff and it gets below 28,000, you just get the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. So almost in a way, 
you have to give $15,000, $18,000 and more to actually even get the $1 of tax deductions. And that'd be great if you're doing it, but a lot of people we're running into maybe give $5,000, $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 in charity, and they're getting close to no benefit or maybe absolutely no benefit at all from that charitable gifting. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to make sure everyone understood a little bit why this is maybe even an issue. And that's just what the tax laws are right now. But hey, let's talk about donor advice funds and how you can make better use of the standard deductions, the itemized deductions, and a few other things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I think it would be great if people were reaching that limit to where the, their mm-hmm. deductions, you know, or their their contributions to charity help their taxes. But that's a big number, man. I mean, that that's a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just uh, a lot of people. Let's just give some numbers here. We're rounding things. Uh, let's just pretend you're below sixty-five, and if you had property taxes, state income taxes that add up to about ten thousand dollars, then your fifteen thousand of charitable gifts. That's ten plus fifteen equals twenty-five. That's basically the standard deduction, anyways. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Keep on giving your fifteen grand a year, or up to fifteen grand a year if you're if you're doing that. But it didn't give you one dollar of itemized deductions. But what if instead you a couple years together? What if you gave thirty thousand dollars in one year? That means for that year, ten plus thirty is forty thousand. The next year you didn't put any charitable gifts uh, out there, so you didn't have those deductions. Well, you got the standard deduction anyways. That's twenty five thousand roughly. Mm-hmm. So you get forty thousand itemized one year, twenty five thousand next year. That's sixty five thousand of deductions over two years. That beats two years of standard deductions, which would be 50,000, 25,000 times two. You come out ahead by 15 grand because you took two years worth of gifts and got them all in on the one year. Now that's 15 grand extra deductions. If your tax rate is 22%, that's about $3,300 of federal income tax savings. That's a big number. And that's why people start exploring things uh, like this and finding ways to be more creative with the rules that are out there. Hey, and who wouldn't want that extra that extra tax savings? When you're looking at that, you start thinking, well, wait a second. If I give 30000 if I double up one year, what happens next year? Well, technically, if you're just trying to swap years, you don't give anything to the charities the next year. And some people say, wait a second. I like my charities. Mm-hmm. I want to give money to them every year. Or other times people say, well, I'm, I'm giving you know, 5000 a year to my church. If I give them 10000 this year, they might expect the 10,000 again the following year and they'll be very disappointed when they get zero, <laughs> right? Yep. Although they're probably getting used to more and more people making use of these uh, types of strategies. Or maybe you're involved in your your church and your nonprofit, right? I'm on the finance committee for my church and it sure looks a lot better and it helps a lot more when m- giving is set up monthly. Mm-hmm. The, the church can project out and they can do a lot things uh, differently if they know, okay, here's what the monthly is that we can kind of expect coming in. You get a big lump sum. It's almost like, what do you, what do you do with that? Do you spend it all right away? And then next thing you know, 18 months later, you wish you had that lump sum again, but you don't. The The monthly giving is something that a lot of charities kind of just do better with because that's, that's almost how we do our own personal budgets is to look at things monthly. Same thing with the nonprofits. So there, there's this tax situation that encourages you to lump things together, maybe do a big gift in year one, but then we start thinking of the downsides of what happens in year two when there is no gift given, Mm -hmm. or what happens when there's a huge lump sum to the church or the charity in one month, 
and the next 23 months, there's zero. There's some things to walk through here. And the donor advice funds, they just solve a lot of those issues. Okay, so how so? I mean, how, how does that work? If you're, mm-hmm. front, I, I'm, a, I'm just going to call it front loading. Is that a yeah, that's term? Right. Yeah, I've never used that term, but I'm going to start using it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, you're front loading the, the, the advice fund, and then how do you distribute that so it's not in just mm-hmm. one lump sum? Yeah, and, and part of it that's a mindset uh, that a lot of people want to think about is, and, and I can't blame them, when you give money, you get a tax deduction. It's almost like they're completely intertwined. And the donor advised fund allows you to break that apart, to say you can get the tax deduction at one point in time and yet give the money to charity at a different point in time. And if you happen to have those point in times across different years, mm-hmm. that's where the tax help comes in by saying, this is a year I want to have extra tax deductions, but I don't necessarily want to give the money to the charity today. And there might be all kinds of reasons for that. I'm thinking of someone, I think it was about 10 years ago actually, and they were retiring. A lot of times when you hit retirement, that's your biggest tax year of your life. They had some stock from their company and we were looking at saying, well, you're a charitable type person what you could do to get this big lump sum or big deduction this year where you have a big tax problem is to gift a whole lot of stock in this exact year. But that doesn't mean that you have to give the money to charity today. It's just you have to designate it. You have to commit to giving this money to charity. That's what gives you the tax deduction. And this account called a donor advised fund, that's what you do. You gift stock or you write a check into the donor advised fund. You are gifting it to a foundation and that foundation holds on to the money for you. Uh, th- you got the tax deduction because you committed that money to charity. You gave it to charity. The foundation is a charity. You gave the money to mm, okay. that donor advice fund through the foundation. And later on, you can gift the money from the foundation, from that donor advice fund, over to the specific nonprofits that you're wanting to give it to. Okay, that sounds fantastic. I did not know that the foundation itself counted as that charity. That makes a lot more sense now. That's how you get the tax deduction, is that it's it's not a charity as in they're going out and helping people mm-hmm. at a specific day-to-day basis. They're a charity because they're set up under the, the government rules that qualify them for that. And you are gifting the money to the charity. That's what gives you that tax deduction. And then later on, you can designate and say, hey, that, that charity money I have sitting there with you at the foundation, I'm designating and now it's got to go out to these specific charities uh, that I want to have it go out to. And that's how, that's how you do it. That's the, that's the simplified version of it. So how many charities can you designate from that fund? I mean, like you, you mentioned people that give to their church, uh, which mm-hmm. I know that you and I do. And so I'm, that's part of where my donations go each year. But then there's yeah. probably two or three other charities that my wife and I try to regularly remember mm-hmm. in, our, in our giving. So how, how does that work? Yeah, you just uh, tell the donor advice fund, you tell the foundation that holds on to your donor advice fund for you, I want to send money to these charities, and they, they send them on out. Now, a lot of different donor advice funds might have some different rules about here's a minimum, or maybe you have a specific foundation you're using that's more focused, the, the ESG, kind of the socially responsible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. type of giving. So they might say, well, we only will support so, socially responsible type of charities. Or you might have a foundation that is focused on a uh, religion. And so they are only supporting charities or allowing support towards charities that conform to those same religious principles. And so you gotta do a little research and figure out which foundation you want to be the one sponsoring or kind of holding your 
your donor advice fund. But set that aside. Hey, if you want to give money to one charity or 500, as long as you got the money in there, mm-hmm. they're they're letting you do it because it's that's the the point of it. Okay. And actually, that's uh, that's one of the benefits of the donor advice fund is the tracking of it for your taxes is a lot easier. You give one big gift, you got to remember to tell your tax person about that one big gift. You give five or 10 or 20 gifts throughout the year, you better remember exactly how much you gave, when you gave it, who you gave it to. Sometimes technically you need a receipt for it. That's a lot to keep track of. And the gift for your taxes shows up when you give the money to the donor advice fund. If you give it out to 10 or 20 different charities, and we have clients that do that, they give us a list of 20 plus charities every year. When you give it out to those different uh, charities from the donor advice fund, you don't have to worry about that because the tax deduction is what matters. That's the one gift to the donor advice fund. The individual where the money goes to, that doesn't matter for the taxes. That's that's something you don't have to keep track of. So that's a big help if you're somebody that gives out, you know, has a lot of different charities that you like to support every year. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back to something you said because I need a point of clarification. When, when you're setting when you're setting up a donor advice fund, are you saying that it are there existing donor advice funds or this is your donor advice fund? Because it sounded to me like you said that you you need to pick one that's going to be you know allow to give to certain things like the ESG you mentioned. Are the general funds that other people belong to as well, and you just tell them where to give it, or is it something that you have to manage? Yeah, so it is a specific foundation, and the foundation. I don't know if the word is best word is sponsor or hold, but just think of one of those two words that, that works for okay. you. So the foundation is the one that is administering all of it. They're sponsoring or holding your donor advised fund. You actually have to set up the account, set up the donor advised okay. fund account so that you are the advisor for it. You say, well, here's my donor advised fund. I'm gifting money into it. And then here are the charities I want to designate and have this foundation send the money out to later on. And so that's a, that's a good point. A lot of people have their money with places like Schwab, Vanguard, Fidelity, and they all have foundations set up so that you can make use of it. Mm-hmm. Their foundations are a little less hands-on, which means they charge a little bit less of a fee. Their fees are typically 0.6% to manage the money that's still in that account. Cause you put the money in the account and it's not like the money goes out today and so there's some money in the account that's being managed and there's a fee uh, for it. 0.6% is typically the fee for the bigger ones that are out there. A lot of the community foundations or more specific type of foundations, their fee is closer to about 1% on average. And those ones are a little bit more hands-on and they also maybe are, are more specific to areas that, that you're looking to support. So some of the ones that we have clients that have been using them is National Christian Foundation, mm-hmm. uh, Thrivent Charitable is a um, is a foundation. And we've got clients that have made use of Vanguard, Fidelity, and Schwab. And seems like everyone I talk to is happy with all of them. It's just okay. uh, worthwhile looking into it when you say, I want to make use of this tax strategy. I want to make use of this charitable giving strategy. Uh, look at the fees and look at the uh, the benefits for having maybe a more hands-on type of foundation or maybe a, a, a bigger player that's out there. That's one thing you have to do is choose who that sponsoring foundation is going to be. Okay. So is, is there a possibility for growth in those types of accounts where not, not for yourself, but the growth of the money that's going to go to charity? Yeah. Cause uh, you put the money in that account and it's not like it sits in a bank account earning zero. Uh, it's a fund just like your investment accounts are a fund. 
and you can choose to have it more conservatively invested. Uh, maybe you're intending on having the money go out in the next year or two. Well, you probably want to be fairly conservative. Say, give me yeah. the low-risk fund that's out there. Or maybe you're trying to build up a long-term situation, and you want it to be a little bit more aggressively invested, and you're hoping that the that account grows. Maybe you put in $100,000, and you're hoping that over your lifetime it grows a bit, and so that you have more money available to give out to the different different charities. So you get to choose how that money's invested while it's sitting in, in the fund. All right. I'm going to get real technical. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really going to put the screws to you on this one. So let, let's say you, we'll use, just use the number 100,000, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody puts $100,000 into this. First, when do they get that tax deduction? Is it, is it in that first year because they put it in the fund? Yes, that's exactly okay. it. Okay. So if that being said, and it's being distributed over the next it can be distributed over two years, right? Sure. Yep. So let's say they distribute it over two years. And during those two years, we have some growth and it end, ends up the, the amount that's given out of that account is actually 110000 over sure. those two years instead of the 100000 Do the, you get mm-hmm. tax credit for the extra ten grand? No tax credit at all. The, okay. the tax credit is based on when you gave the money. And okay. once it's in there, uh, you don't have to pay the taxes on the growth. You don't get to deduct any losses. You don't uh, get a tax deduction if it happens to be gifting out more than the 100000 that you put in using those numbers. And it could be 10000 100000 million, whatever mm-hmm. the numbers are on there. That is exactly the situation. Okay, but you said something there that, that really piqued my interest. You said you don't have to there, – there's no penalty – if there's a loss. So if you were to put it in 100,000, you got your tax deduction for 100,000 and then that next year it tanks because of I'm not going to name mm-hmm. any of those companies as managing it poorly, but what you know just yeah, in some, case. Let's say right. it went down to $80,000 and all of a sudden there's only 80 in there. You're not responsible for paying back the extra 20 grand in tax benefits you got? Correct. It's like the day that you gave the money, that's the value that's it. of it on that day. That's what shows up for your, your tax return. Well, that's fair then. Because yeah. <laughs> I was concerned yeah. that it was going to be, nope, you don't get to participate in the growth as far as extra mm-hmm. tax, but you do, do have to pay back the other stuff. So I'm glad you don't have to. That's great. Yeah. And it's just uh, it's just an extra, it's a gifting strategy. If you're charitable and you have a high enough income and a high enough asset level, you might want to be more strategic than just uh, writing on a few checks in December. Mm-hmm. And some of the ways to be extra strategic is to actually not even bother writing a check. Give what's called appreciated securities, which is a fancy way to say stock that made money. Now, it doesn't have to be stock specifically. It could be something called an exchange traded fund. It could be a mutual fund. It could actually be real estate or a business. There's, it could be all, all kinds of different things that are out there. But the idea is that you bought something more than a year ago, and now it's worth more. If you were to sell that, it would be called a long-term gain on your taxes. Instead, if you gift that money, gift that property or security, then you don't have to declare that gain on your taxes. So we'll, we'll come up with some numbers. Let's say you bought something for ten grand a year ago. It's been over 12 months. It's worth twelve grand today. If you sold that, that's a $2,000 gain. You'd have to report that $2,000 gain on your taxes. But if you gifted the whole $12,000 that now it's worth, you get the ability to throw that on your itemized deductions for the $12,000 because that's the value of it. Mm. Uh, but there's a $2,000 gain there that you never have to declare because you gave that money away, gave that security away before you actually sold it. You don't have to actually claim that gain, uh, that gain on your taxes. 
that's where you start getting some even extra value there. So now you're figuring out, I want to lump together my giving. I want to give it to a donor advice fund to do that. And I look around, I see I've got some brokerage accounts or joint accounts, whatever it is, that has some stocks that have gained. You know, hopefully right now the market's still up when you're listening to this. And in 2021, fall of 2021, it was basically close to a high point. You probably have some gains inside of these non-IRA type accounts and you want to gift five grand or 10 grand or whatever the dollar amount is, go find the security, which is a fancy way to say stock or fund or whatever it is, and gift the ones that have the highest appreciation, have the highest growth, because then you won't have to report that growth. It's a great way to kind of get a, a double help on the tax return. And the uh, government knows this. They know they got some rules on it. Uh, yeah. There's there's this kind of added bonus if you gift securities and you don't have to claim that that growth. And so what they do is they put in some limits. They say, hey, you're, you're making money, you're giving money to charity, that's great. But if you make 100 grand and you give 100 grand to charity, uh, they have these limits on how much you can get as a, as a uh, tax deduction. When it's cash that you're giving to a donor advice fund, it's 60% of your adjusted gross income. So if you happen to make 100 grand of income for the year, you can give 60 grand to the donor advice fund as a check and deduct that whole 60 grand. If you happen to give stocks, these securities to the donor advice fund, they limit it to 30%. And so you only get to deduct the 30%. If you make 100 grand and you give stocks, the maximum you can deduct for that year is 30 grand. But thankfully, if you do more, and hey, that'd be great if you did more, Anything that's not used, you can carry it over for the next five years. So you can don't have to feel like, oh my goodness, over by a little bit. I gave too much money away. That's a good thing, mm -hmm. uh, because then if you happen to reach these limits, so well, it just it just carries over to the next year. It'll work out. Got it. All right. So and and, and maybe you covered this. And I I just missed it. We, I know you talked spoke about the fees with the donor mm -hmm. advice fund. You know, for those that are managing it, yeah. what does it cost to set up? Is that something that, is it vary or is there a pretty standard? Yeah, I haven't found uh, a fund or I'm sorry, a foundation that charges like a startup fee at all. Uh, okay. They just, usually it's more of a long situation. People that are charitable are usually charitable for a while and they figure, hey, uh, we're going to make our money on the ongoing annual fee. Uh, so I haven't found one that shows a you know, $200 or $1,000 startup fee. I haven't, I haven't seen anything like that. So it's all easy right. to get into. It's, it's great. You'll see minimums, you know, maybe it's a $10,000 minimum or something like that, or others have much smaller minimums. So you got to look into what the minimums are uh, with there. But if you're somebody that's charitable, and especially if you're somebody that was doing itemized deductions and isn't quite able to do that anymore, it's well worth looking into. You might have brokerage type accounts where you've seen stocks and funds grow. You can gift those stocks or those funds over to the donor advice fund, get that full tax deduction. You don't have to claim that gain as long as it's a long-term gain. So you look at all the stuff that has a long-term gain, which is 12 months or more, mm -hmm. and you give that to the, the donor advice fund. It's easier tracking for your taxes because that one-time gift, maybe you only give uh, one or, once or twice throughout the year, that's what you have to keep track of for your taxes. Giving the money out uh, 20 times to a charity throughout mm -hmm. the year, that stuff, you, there'll, there'll be a report and you can get that report if you need it, but you don't have to really keep track of it the way that you do for itemizing your deductions when you're giving it directly uh, to the charity. So that's a, that's a big help. Then there's some things that are out there 
where what if you are wealthy enough and you're charitable enough, you start thinking about, I want to have like a foundation, right? I've heard foundations are something rich people do. Well, when you have a foundation, there's a whole lot of rules about um, the accounting and the administration. You have to do a public tax filing. It's called a form 990. If you have a foundation, I can find out within a year or two, how much money you put in there, who you paying, where's the money going to. There's a public tax filing with that. With the donor advice fund, you don't have to bother with any of that stuff. Uh, because it's a different set of set of rules. So if you are someone that's wealthy enough and thinking of a foundation, well, maybe look at a donor advice fund first because that could be a lot simpler, a lot cheaper, and not have this public tax filing uh, requirement. Yeah, and I mean, a little more privacy. And I think that uh, mm-hmm. in today's day and age, people are really valuing that, which I do. Mm-hmm. So that's good to hear. I like that. And just like you give your money to uh, churches or charities on a monthly basis, you could tell your donor advice fund, hey, there's certain dollar amount in here and send out $500 a month, $1,000 a month, $100 a month, whatever the minimum requirements are, just send it out on a monthly basis to that church or the charity so that you can get that tax deduction in month one we were talking about earlier. You can make a big gift in month one and the charity doesn't get anything for 23 more months. Well, what if you gave that big gift in month one to your donor advice fund and then tell the donor advice fund, yeah, just every month, give the money out to the to the church, send it out to the church every every month or every every quarter, whatever it is that you want to do. So that way, the church still gets the uh, the ongoing help on their budget, and you got the benefit of lumping your deductions into one year. You might have got the benefit of gifting some appreciated securities that are long term, so you didn't have to pay the taxes on that that gain, and you only had to keep track of the one or two gifts you made for that year to the donor advice fund compared to the multiple gifts and the multiple receipts you might have to get from all the different charities. Gotcha. So it can be put on automatic is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a, which is a nice thing. Yeah. And a, like I said, there's a report too. You can see, well, who did, who did I give money to last year? Sometimes when you're thinking about that and you pull out the checkbook uh, or you just wait around for the, the mailers that show up in November and December, mm. well, you can look, look at the report for who you gave money to last year. And a lot of times, at least the, the donor advice fund that I use, I can just click the button and say, oh, I gave a hundred dollars to this church or charity last year. Let me click it. And I can give it the same amount uh, or more change around to the same place uh, for this year as well. So it's a nice thing to keep track of. Of wait a second, who did who did I remember last year? Let me remember them again this year and give yeah. money that way. Well, I think we've covered it, Eric. Is any questions that you have about donor advised funds? No, I mean it, it sounds like a fantastic strategy. I, I think that anybody who's charitable that is on that edge, right? I mean, you, you kind of spoke mm-hmm. about the numbers who could be on that edge. What a huge advantage this would be. And, yeah. and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm hoping to be there, you know, one of these days. So that, that's, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm really appreciative of the information. I'm assuming that we can link the article that you're talking about in the show notes. Yep. We will find that, put that in there. We'll put some additional resources on donor advice funds in there. We'll link to all the ones that I mentioned, uh, the, the three big ones that were mentioned in the article, the two that are more localized, the National Christian Foundation and Thrive and Charitable that a lot of our uh, clients have made use of as well as those big three that were mentioned. And I'm going through here. I see in my notes, one additional thing. I want to talk about this real quick. Final thing we'll talk about is in the article, I've got a bit of a disagreement with the article. They said, don't gift your business or part of your business to a donor advice fund because it's just too complicated. Uh, just sell the business and and then give the money afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm going to disagree with that. 
And I know specifically that the National Christian Foundation focuses on that. They, they have an ability to help you out with making things easier. I agree, it's complicated. But if you're somebody that's going to give uh, money away because you're selling your business, work with someone that's has an expertise in that. And I, I know of someone, I'll just make up some round numbers here, but I know of someone that uh, was selling their business and they called me up after they had sold their business. Let's just call it, say it was $5 million. And they said, hey, I want to be a, a good steward of this money. I want to give away 10% of it. That's 500000 And so he was giving away writing checks for five hundred up to 500000 So he just, from here, there, there, he gave away one-tenth of the money that he made. That's awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. But then I started thinking, oh, I wish we had, you had told me about this ahead of time because I could have sent him over to a place like the National Christian Foundation. So again, I'm just making up round numbers here. But let's just say that that business started at a, a million dollars of what's called a fancy terms of basis. Another way to think of it is your principal. Mm-hmm. You sell it for $5 million, That's a $4 million gain. And that $4 million gain has to show up on your taxes. If you're giving away 10% of that $5 million, that's $400,000 of gain that you're having to report on money you're going to give away anyways. Mm. If the tax rate was 15%, 15% on four hundred grand is $60,000 yeah. of taxes. That's a big dollar amount. So just imagine if knowing that you're going into, well, we'll, we'll sell the business soon and we want to commit a certain percentage for them. It was 10%. I want to commit 10% of this money going to charity. What if they had given away 10% of that money, 10% of that business to the donor advice fund ahead of time? Yeah, That's the same type of deal as these securities where you don't have to worry about the gain that's in there. Just imagine how much more you could do with 60,000 of taxes you, you didn't pay if you were able mm-hmm. to maybe gift even more money uh, because of that. So it's absolutely complicated. Agree with the article on that. But I think that's why you would work with a specialist and there's there's foundations out there that specialize in that area. And, and I know specifically that the National Christian Foundation is, is able to do that uh, with absolutely. people. Wow, yeah. that's great information. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. We've, we we keep talking about uh, donor advice funds, and, and I know we've we've gone into a bit of detail, but we thought today is the day. We're going to go into big details about donor advice funds. We think if you are uh, somebody that is charitable, that used to be getting your itemized deductions, or maybe something happens like you're looking at, I will sell my business next year, or next year is my biggest tax year ever because I'm selling a big property or I'm retiring, something like that. There could be reasons why you want to look into this thing called a donor advice fund. We'll have lots of resources at uh, retirement-reveal.com to to talk through it. Good. All right. Well, thanks, Eric, for for coming along. It's been fun, you know, chatting about it with you. And love absolutely the that term front loading. That's exactly it. A lot of people talk about bunching your deductions, but I think front loading is a is a new term I have to start using from mm-hmm. here on out. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I finally taught you something instead of you teaching me all the hey, stuff. Hey, you've been teaching me a lot uh, over time, Eric. So I appreciate that. Well, thanks for coming on, Eric, and and thank you to all the the listeners to Retirement Reveal Podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money, and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed Podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the social security tenants. 
For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.